So you know, we covered budgets, we covered credit scores, everything down like payments. down yes, down payments. Why do you need why do you need a lender? I'm gonna go back to why do you need a doctor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if we go back 2020, our industry, no one would have ever thought in March that when you shut the economy down for two weeks and you lay off all these people, no one would have ever thought that housing would have exploded like it did but it absolutely exploded. And that carried into 2021 and really the first quarter of 2022. So like most careers, when you have people on the outside looking in saying, man, there's a lot of money to be made there, it's going to attract a lot of people. So we had a massive influx of lenders, companies being originated, people got into real estate because you saw, man, look at housing prices. All I gotta do is throw a sign in the yard and it's gonna sell in 24 hours. So it brought a lot of people into this business who, no disrespect to anybody, probably shouldn't be in this business. And now we're finally seeing the other side of that. We're at like 30% less loan officers today than there was in March of 2021, which is a good thing, right? We got oversaturated. So why do you need a good lender? It's because the longer I've been doing this, there's a very small amount of good lenders out there. Everything is done online. Like you look at like the, I'm the smartest man in the world with this phone in my hand, right? I've got everything at my fingertips. And we've tried to make our process and even y'all's process mm -hmm that easy and instantaneous. It'll never be that easy, right? Everybody's situation is different. Everybody's needs are different. So talking with someone who specializes in that and has been doing it for a long time, a company that has a track record and a reputation of doing that and not just being a number with an online website, you don't even know if those people are gonna be employed next week. And that, that's true. Not to mention, it's about the relationships. For sure. Because you're gonna ask the right questions as you get to know your client whether you choose to meet in person or over the phone or Zoom or whatever, everybody's situation is different and asking the right questions matters. And if somebody sticks to just an online process, there, there's no relationship built. On our end, as agents, we need the relationship between lender, realtor, and consumer because we're all working together as a team to win. Absolutely. And all the time. In fact, we have a, um, a campaign almost called Supreme Rescue Service. This is because we can close in eight days and all the time we see lenders get within eight days of closing and then tell their client, yep, we can't do it. We're throwing in the towel. I'm sorry. I tried everything we can. Um, goes to show how many lenders are in our industry that aren't as qualified as they should be and maybe don't have the interest of the client at heart. So that's why we can step in and, and make things right. Um, and why from the get-go it's important to have someone like Kayla and I um, who know what we're doing and can help and facilitate in the best way possible. Well, and it sure helps us to be able to make that call. Guess what? Rocket <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> they got the commercial. Should be fine, right? So, but you bring up a good point and, you know, Luke had mentioned earlier and you said, well, that's our job. It's your job to get to negotiate the very best deal. Mm -hmm. um, imagine if you're a first-time homebuyer and someone says, did the seller pay your closing costs? And you're like, well, I didn't even know. And then they ask you, and it's like, well, I didn't know you needed it. And everyone's looking at the lender, well, why didn't you tell us what they needed? Like, we're all working together to come up with the very best financial picture and get the very best deal, right? So when Deborah and I have worked together in the past to call up and say, hey, this person's approved it this much, let's get closing costs. Here's what we're going to need, right? We're gonna run numbers for this house. This is what the closing costs are gonna be. If you could get this, that would be amazing. Now Deborah goes into that negotiation aware of that and here the borrower is sitting like this is the best thing in the world. I'm so happy that I worked with this team because they got me an amazing deal other than hearing about it 
the next day on the water cooler when all your friends are like, well, why didn't the seller pay your closing costs? And why didn't you get a 2-1 buy down? And why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And they're like, well, I didn't even know that was an opportunity, a possibility. Not every lender is having that conversation. We should talk about buy downs. Okay. I mean, rates are higher than they've they been are higher. in Absolutely. a long, long time. Not, they've been higher in my lifetime, but <laughs> not in y'all's. Um, well, yeah, for us, it's like, we just got in the business relatively recently, so it's like this this is normal. Yeah. Like you were talking about interest rates being like three percent to five percent, and I'm mm-hmm. over here thinking like what? And then I'll go on the um, MLS database in a home that's for now three hundred thousand. I look back on the tax records, and you could buy it for like a hundred thousand. Crazy. <laughs> that's yeah. just that's a good perspective to have. So in mm-hmm. just in Cobb County alone. Um, the average, as I'm looking on tax records, two-year increased 30 to 35% appreciation yeah. in sale prices in the last two years. So that's what you're seeing, and you're like, oh, I wish I'd bought a house two years yeah, ago. Yeah, when I was like five. I know. Why didn't I buy in middle school? What was yeah, I thinking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> should have got a job. My dad told me to get a job. I should have got one. I was worried about silly bands. I should be worried about houses. So first-time buyers need to be concerned about the price of the homes, and then how are they going to finance the homes? So that's it. Buy downs, two, one buy downs, three, three, two, one buy downs. My, Can you give a short summary of what that is? Absolutely. So we'll start generically just two, one buy down. It's a temporary buy down. So most people are used to and accustomed to a permanent buy down where you just, you know, you pay money to have a lower rate right now, because we're in a point where we see interest rates are relatively higher than they have been. And the next year or two, we expect them to come down. That's why a temporary buy down is going to make sense. So how it works is we'll get seller paid concession. So the seller is going to pay some money to go towards closing costs. Typically Mm -hmm. we can take that money, put it into an escrow account. And then each month that money is going to be siphoned into supplementing their monthly payment. Effectively, it's going to act as if their interest rate is 1% lower, um, really 2% lower in the first year and then 1% lower in the second year. So let's say their start rate is 7%. Their payments for the first year with a 2-1 temporary buy-down will be effectively 5%. Come year two, that's going to be 6%. And then year three, it's back to 7%. But odds are really strong by year three, they're going to refinance into you know, a lower interest rate because that's where the market will have corrected itself. Great program. That's only effective when you have an agent who negotiates seller concessions yep. properly. And we need all the information to make that happen. So Absolutely. Leave a, nothing on the table. That was a really great explanation. Thank you. <laughs> Luke's a brilliant dude. <laughs> I'm trying not to use the jargon that might, you know. The, the industry, we tend to speak in technicalities that, that regular people don't want to hear. Exactly. They need us to break it down to them. Well, they want to hear it. It's just words are confusing. Well, you speak military. DTI, 2-1, like all these yeah. things that are just acronyms, right? So you can have a lower interest rate and say, hear, hear this, if you can save $400 in year one every single month, would you want to do that? Like, would you be interested in knowing that? The answer all the time, and 10 out of 10 times is yes. I like in the real speak talking about budget because, yeah. I mean, rent, we'll say Kennesaw, you can't really rent anything for under two, a single family home, 2000 a month kind of common now right um and we are seeing a lot of people who you know the rents that's high rent and they don't want four roommates so 
in that situation, when you're talking to somebody who, like, God, my rent has gone up again, that's when it's time to meet Luke or Kale. Have that conversation. Because, like, rent, you're not paying for anything. You're just paying for the space. But then with a mortgage, you're paying to eventually own the property, own the home. And then also with equity, you could be making equity in the home and then get, like, that's money. Like, equity is money. Absolutely. Rent, you're paying someone else's. Exactly. Yeah. The home is a savings account you live in, right? That you're taking whatever your principal is and you're putting it into a savings account every single month. If you're renting, just roll that money up and, and burn it. You're not paying anything, right? So, the other guy's and everybody says all the time, this is what drives me crazy sometimes, is, well, you know, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll pause. I'm not going to buy right now. I want to save some money and I'll buy in a year. And I really want to say, if saving money was that easy, you would have already had the money saved right now. Like it is hard to save money, yeah. right? You would have already had it. So, so true. don't kid yourself and say, well, I'm going to save eats. some money. <laughs> yeah, man, $7 for a coffee. Like, <laughs> we're just not good at, at saving money. Right. And again, we've got this little thing called inflation. It's just more expensive to live. So mm -hmm. if you can buy a house, buy the house, there's your saving money. And okay, you're, you're a first time home buyer. It may not be your forever home. Get off that thought. Because when it comes time to sell that house in three years or five years, and now all of a sudden you have, you're sitting on this mountain of cash, you've got the ability to totally transform your financial picture. Pay off the student loans, pay off your car, get rid of your credit cards, put a nice down payment on a new home that you really like at that point, mm -hmm. stick some money in savings. How often do we have that opportunity to do that? And we don't, but when we get short-sighted, we don't buy the house because we can't see the three, five year down the road picture. That's the conversation we have. It's more of a financial a consultation. Let's look at down the road. Let's make mm -hmm. a good decision now because you have the chance to impact greatly. And for the people, like you said, last two years, you've got 35, 40% equity in the property. You've been gifted this thing. You could totally change everything financially. Most of us live paycheck to paycheck. You've all heard the stat, how many Americans can't yeah. write a $1,000 check if you had to. So scary. Right, it's over half of people in America could not write a $1,000 check if you had to. But you have the ability to buy a home mm -hmm. and there's 50, 70, $80,000, $100,000 that you could accumulate over a couple of years. Three years are gonna to, to pass anyway, mm -hmm. right? Regardless, you might as well pass and be in a home, build yourself equity, so you can change something in the future.